With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to more to it. The show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude. <clears throat> that dude up in the building. I don't even feel pretentious wearing this, right? And I know I should. At least an inch. At least a piece of me should feel that way. But all I feel is the love. Like, I got love for y'all. Man, I'll be transitioning in this part. You know we got Friday Swag Away today, and somebody out there is going to win it. And I know who you are, but you don't know who you are just yet. So stay tuned throughout the show. And the 100K giveaway, which is, what, a little over a 1,000 away? (laughs) All we need is some people in Liberia and some people in Argentina to just subscribe and we there, man, because we got every other country belt. And we got these playing cards as well. And you heard that, and I'm going to hook you guys up. Penmanship on point. But you know how we start off every show. What's up with that, dude? Um, Yesterday, after the show, in 200-degree heat, I mean, L.A. is on fire. Devil got lemonade sell- selling it, making money, too. It's just hot out here. All them people are complaining all year. It's so rainy. It's so cold. What's going on with the weather? Well, <laughs> let's just say that God in the universe got a sense of humor. It is hot out tide. Yes, it is. I went to do an interview, a podcast with Michael Rappaport. Y'all know who he is, actor. Uh, what else is he? Uh, entertainer, and comedian. I don't know. He does everything. Remy on the roof. That's all I know. Remy. <laughs> I've been knowing him forever, like pre-ESPN days and he was big time, man, so it was good to just sit down and talk to him. One of my favorite cats to talk to. We always DM, we always text, we always stay in contact, even though, yo, he got that New York state of mind, you know what I'm saying? I'm West Sea of Philia, you know what I'm saying? So we kick it still, had a great interview, can't wait till y'all see what we put together. Other than that, I had a call with a company that Michael Irvin is part owner of, interesting, right? And I was like, oh, and they were talking really good. So look for me and Michael Irvin to be working together soon, maybe, probably. We don't know. We'll see. (laughs) One of those. But basically, Michael Irvin's still out there making some headway despite that suspension that he has at the NFL Network. So 
Don't feel too bad for your boy because he's still out there doing big things. And other than that, I had the flake on Clayton Kershaw's ping pong tournament, which I look forward to every single year. Can't wait till they turn into a pickleball tournament. It's happening. Trust me. Ping pong. This is probably the last year of the ping pong. Uh, now, nah, but I know Clayton off the field actually started me just covering the Dodgers, doing interviews, etc. But then like 10 times over, if not more, we just start connecting because our kids were doing the same activities. So it was kind of fun. You know, you're sitting in there watching your kids go through the bouncy house or the jump ball. And you're like, oh, hey, Clayton, how's it going? We just chopped up wood. So I've always supported them. Couldn't make it last night. I'll tell you why at the end of the show. But right now, let's get into the show with Mike Tirico, who says he wasn't frustrated, irritated. Sometimes I don't know myself. I'll be too numb to feel something sometime. So I dig deep. Where that from? He said he wasn't frustrated waiting for Al Michaels to leave NBC. Mm, That's interesting. Let's talk through it. Mike Tirico joined NBC, you know, after he was with ESPN forever. And then many expected him to have that top role over there to fill the shoes of Al Michaels. However, Al Michaels just sat around and chilled for about six years while we all watched Mike Tirico kind of do all these other duties, right? So eventually, Michaels left for... uh, Amazon and the Thursday night football production and Tariko immediately immediately assumed the role of lead play-by-play man for Sunday night football which is now the biggest thing in football like damn they came into the building and straight jack Monday night football like, give me that Monday night football I mean when I was growing up when I was playing Monday night football was it now it's Sunday night football and watch this don't blink that Thursday night, about to go, that Thursday night going to be a little more special than Monday night, I think, because you know why? It's not about who's broadcasting in the games. It's about how you living. Sunday is perfect. It used to be church's day. It was a holiday for the Lord. And then NFL said, give me that. And NFL took Sunday from the church, right? Then they had Monday, right? We were loving Monday because it's like, oh, we just started our week. Oh, we still got a little more football left. But then Thursday has now hijacked it because Thursday is the new Friday for all the people that hang out. Yep. They go to work Friday kind of leaning, hurting, drunk, hungover, but it's already, they extend their weekend by going out Thursday. Then you go to work Friday, you hurting, but you still there. And then you got Thursday night, you went out, you got Friday night and Saturday night. What a recovery day and night of Sunday to get ready for work on Monday. I'm just trying to let y'all know, watch out for Thursday night football. It took the best day available. So getting back to Mike Tirico, he was there from 2016 and finally got the opportunity now. So people were asking him, hey, Mike, were you irritated, frustrated at all? And it didn't seem like he was. He says, I probably would have gotten frustrated if we didn't have the Olympics, Notre Dame football, and all the stuff that I'm involved with going on. So he named a bunch of stuff that he was doing, hosting Football Night in America, Notre Dame games, Indy 500, horse racing, Triple Crown, numerous PGA Tour events, and the Olympics. All right, and then at the last one, he said, look, the Olympics is a full-time job as it is. Now, when he listed off all those things, which included horse racing, Triple Crown, and numerous PGA Tour events, Mike Tirico is a different dude. Me and him used to talk a lot. I remember one conversation we had that was really good. He told me how much he loved live events. And I told him how much I hated live events as a broadcaster, but loved the studio. And he told me why he loved the studio, but not as much as live events. And I remember we were talking about it. And I had to fully respect him 
for his lens of looking at broadcasting. He liked going somewhere. It's a Sunday game, right? So you get there Thursday night. Then you check in and everything. You chill, get a nice dinner Friday. You go to the practice, check everyone out. Go for interviews. Saturday, you interview the team that's coming in. Go to a nice dinner. Sunday, you get all juiced up and ready. Get your lather on. Whatever lather you get as a broadcaster. And then you get ready for the game. You call the game. You got the same energy, it feels like, as the players, as the fans. Ah, you call that game. Ah, and then you may catch that flight that night out. Or you stay the night. And then Monday, you're back home. And I looked at him when he was saying all that. Like, he was telling me that schedule for what he had then. I was like, that's too much damn time for only three hours of work. <laughs> I was like, you there from Thursday to Monday maybe, and you got three hours of work, and you only got like eight minutes of FaceTime? I was like, dog, so, no sir, not me. I like the studio, not because of the glamour and the camera always in your face. Because nah. you know in the studio, it's only like two producers, a cameraman, and like some operator. It's only like five people there, but millions are watching, but only like five people there. It's crazy. Um, I liked it because the show is at 12, it ends at 2, and deuces. <laughs> like, I can have a life, I can have a family, I can have structure, I can have presence. I spell love, T-I-M-E. So I got to give them time. I was like, I don't want to be on the road. I played in the NFL. All that traveling was forced on me. Now I'm not doing it unless I need to do it. So, hey, different strokes, different folks, different paths up the mountain. I respected him fully for saying that. Now... He got the coveted position. He got the top play-by-play job. Mike Tirico's back where he was six years ago. But that's an interesting conversation, ain't it? The intersection of life and sports as we do on this show. Um, it sounded like he did get frustrated. But he also got distracted from that frustration by other big opportunities. Y'all catch the difference? Yes. Here's the difference. Okay, I want this. Now, since I'm not getting this, frustration will mount. That's how life goes. That's how humans are programmed. You get frustrated when you can't get what you want. You get angry when you don't like the reality that you have. You want a different reality. That's anger. Frustration is, I want that, can't get that, come on. Frustration. So he was frustrated. It's okay. But he got distracted from that frustration with good things that distract you, right? <laughs> we all know, oh, man, I've been in a club, me and my boys, especially in Jacksonville my last year. Oh, man, I want to get married. I want to settle down. I'm tired of all this BS. Oh, man, come on. Yeah, man, let's just go out tonight and just us, fellas. Let's just chill, all right? Get a table. All right, we good. Just a couple bottles. Just kick. All right, we good, man. I'm tired. It's time to settle down, homie. It's time to slow this down, right? All right. Ooh. No, no, mm. ho, ho, ho. Ah. <laughs> hey, 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 ladies, come here. <laughs> Distracted. I remember being 32 saying I was going to settle down. I ain't getting married until I was 39. <laughs> I was landing that plane. So it's funny when you are in a situation like Mike Tirico, because he's not me. I remember being in this situation when I was a football player getting drafted to Buffalo, following Bruce Smith trying to take his place, right? But I'm on the climb, so I'm on the grind, so I'm patient. But what if I were already there like Mike Tirico was already here? And let's be real, he got demoted even though he got the job and the great gig and blah, blah, blah. For six years, somewhere in his ego was like, yo, this ain't it. This ain't what I signed up for, B. Not this long. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's interesting when you're on the climb how patient you are. But when they are demoting you or they're trying to force you to descend, 
Well, I don't know about that, right? It's all about how you feel and your power in that. So I just remember being in this position before, and this is what usually retires players. What usually retires players is that forced demotion that comes with what you doing things you don't really want to do, and you like, dog, I already did it, and I'm already the man, and now y'all going to treat me like I'm not? Peace. So it's good on Mike Tirico. Salute to my man for not leaking, for not letting that out, for being patient and staying the course despite he already had the credentials where he should have been there in the first place. So do y'all believe Tirico wasn't frustrated having to wait six-plus years for his job to finally take it as the top man on Sunday Night Football? And what would y'all done in that situation if you were in Tariko's shoes? You say you just sit still and be like, whatever. I'm doing bowling this weekend. I got badminton next weekend. But we'll see what y'all really talking about in those comments. Out here, used car salesman E with this book for a winner today. Today! This is a good book right here, and it's going to be a great person to win it. But you got to wait to the end of the show for me to give away that Friday swag away. And whoever guesses when we go over 100 we got this right here. These cars, that thing thick. Look like a Las Vegas playing deck right there. And you get the Wiley jersey from the team that doesn't even exist anymore. The San Diego Superchargers now. Woo! Used to get me hype on that song. All right, let's get into this story. Now, with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers and this $35 million sacrifice. I don't like counting nobody money, but I also don't like when they spend it frivolously, like in this manner. He did just that. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers and his decision to take an un unprecedented pay cut. And it sends a championship message to the Jets locker room. Sure it does. Creating financial flexibility to pursue free agents, such as running back Dalvin Cook. I like that. Can't lie to that. Now, this is according to who? Of course, their head coach, Robert Sala, and a couple of players. So here's Sala right here saying, mm, I think it says a lot when the best player on your football team, a Hall of Famer, is willing to sacrifice something because he wants to win, which is ultimately what we're all here to do. This was Aaron. Aaron wanted to do this. All right. Then they got Ty Tyler Conklin, the tight end. He said, the message we're getting is he wants to win a Super Bowl. Okay, here we go. More kumbaya. It shows he puts the team first, said Jordan Whitehead. He sees how good the team can be. So thanks to the Ro Rodgers sacrifice, the Jets now don't have any salary cap concerns. Check this out. He signed a restructured contract in which he gave back $35 million. And he's, he was due to make $110 million dollars in guarantees on his previous contract that he inherited from the Green Bay Packers, correct? Right? But the new deal includes 75 million in guarantees and his total compensation for 2023 and 2024. So he's only going to count 8.9 million against the salary cap. You know how much Zach Wilson costs on the salary cap? How much he is going to cost him? 9.6. Yes. Aaron Rodgers is less of a cap hit than Zach Wilson, who's going to be on the bench. Ain't that crazy, right? So Rodgers' cap charge is the third lowest among starters no longer on rookie deals. <laughs> Salute. So here we go. Some more quotes before I get into my quotes. Yeah, there's money and fame and that good stuff, but at the end of the day, we're all happy when we win, said the head coach. <sighs> what? <laughs> what did you just say? Talk to me when you get fired, if you ever get fired. For him to look at this organization from the outside looking in and feel like we're doing a lot of things the right way, we brought in the right people. We brought in the right coaching staff. We brought in the right management. 
for him to take a shot on us, I think it speaks volumes. We're grateful for that. All right. Love all that. I ain't going to bore y'all with these contract details anymore. Uh, but I got one more quote from Conklin, my tight end, who says, for him to be willing to do that and allow us to go out and get players, whatever position it might be, it's awesome. Woo! As y'all know me, y'all know I would have never been Aaron Rodgers in this situation. Now, maybe somebody is already saying, well, that's why you didn't win a championship, Wiley. And I'll be like, oh, well. <laughs> you know why? Because oh, I'm the only one that is here that cares about winning. Wait a minute. Is the owner taking a haircut? Hey, 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 big dog. You hear me up there? You taking the cut? Oh, no? Oh, okay. Hot dogs going to cost more this year. Guarantee. Go to the stadium. Hot, hot dogs and beer are going to cost more this year. You ain't taking the haircut? Interesting. General manager, team president, anybody, somebody, everybody, scream. Y'all taking haircuts? No? Oh, y'all want to win? Oh, y'all do. Oh. Oh, oh, it's, it's on the players. Okay, so y'all pay us to, t wait a minute, y'all pay us to take haircuts so we can win, but y'all pay us so we can play for our efforts. Oh, that's what we do. Okay, this is all bad. Let me tell you why it's all bad. It's one of those plays, there's two reasons why it's bad. One, there's no guarantee that that $35 million is going to be spent wisely, and two, it's going to help y'all. Let me give it to you like this. The teams that spend the most money on players don't win the Super Bowl typically. And the teams that spend the least on players certainly don't win the Super Bowl typically. So wherever you land in there is just where you land. It ain't a financial conversation to win a championship. It's a talent chemistry coaching conversation before we even get it to the numbers. Ah, what was it, two Super Bowls ago? The team that spent the most played the team that spent the least. I saw that, and I was like, damn, this is rando. But the point is, that's how rando it is. So why you now go inject your hard-earned money, Aaron Rodgers, into this equation to hope you're going to solve it? Because it's not even one of the dominant variables. I digress. The other one is, as much as everybody trying to say, kumbaya, oh, Aaron Rodgers, let's be real. Aaron Rodgers is doing this for a PR play. He's 39 and he's trying to buy back some of the PR that he lost over the years. When he was in his prime, that's when you take your pay cut like a Tom Brady. If you're going to take a pay cut, do it when you're at your best on a team that is ready to go out there. You remember those 13 and 3 teams? 13 and 3 teams? 13 and 3 teams? Number one seeds? Where's the haircut? No? And now you go to the Jets where y'all don't even have chemistry yet. You do have talent, I'll give you that. Coaching, okay, we'll see. I mean, you did get Hackett, and Hackett wasn't good in Denver, but he was good with you, so we'll see. Solid looks solid to me as well. But the point is, you didn't do this then, but you're doing it now. I've seen players do this before. On their way out, all of a sudden, they change their tune. They try to flip the persona. They try to flip the narrative, which I guess is a smart play because, hey, don't you want to be Aaron Rodgers who one day retires, who gets the amount of love and attention and respect he's earned, he deserves? But look at the gap between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady in terms of how people revere them. And the gap on the field ain't that wide. Now, them rings is wide. the rings is wide on everybody for Tom Brady. But I'm talking about in terms of who Aaron Rodgers is, he's a top 10 quarterback ever. Hey, don't go around Tom Brady too much when you retire. It ain't going to feel that way, right? So you buy some of that back. Close that gap right back. You know, in respect, I must say this. 
I remember talking to Kobe, but this was what Kobe was doing his last year. Cause I was like, damn, Kobe, nice. His last year, if y'all remember, he on a sideline, not even watching the game sometimes, signing shoes, kicking it with the face. I was like, Mamba, before? Sure. But you know, that turned into Girl Dad. That turned into the Mamba Academy. That turned into a lot of great PR and a lot of great programming through Kobe Bryant before, respectfully, he was killed. So, you know how it goes, man. Like, in this game we play, sometimes guys just try to put down that extra dollar to try and buy back some of the love that they lost. My question to you is, is it going to work for you, the fan? Is it going to work for you, the fan of the Jets, to see this act? and see what Aaron Rodgers did. So do you laud Rodgers and his pay cut like the Jets do? Oh my God, that's amazing. Oh, it's going to work. We're going to get Dalvin Cook. We're going to win a Super Bowl. Or do you think the Jets will win a Super Bowl before Rodgers retires? Or do you think, man, damn, keep your money. Ain't nobody else in that organization. None of them players giving back $5. (laughs) Where's the GoFundMe in that damn locker room? Nobody, right? And nobody upstairs is doing it, but it's all on you, Aaron Rodgers. Ah, man. I feel like you stepped in front of a bullet. You didn't have to. Feeling that love. Woo! I'm over here at 265, y'all. I'm going to put it up. I'm going to post it for y'all. I lost 17 pounds in five days, something crazy like that. I got Vegas. Got Vegas coming up. Got to look good. You know what I'm talking about? Talking about that. This book, not only does it look good, it reads well. We got that for you. Friday Swaggerway. Wait, almost there. I'm going to tell you who it is. We got these cards. And we got this straight out of Jersey for whoever Whoever guesses when we go over 100 kkk on the 100,000 subscriber list is coming. We have 1,000 or so left to go. We right chill. We right there. Now let's go into this story right here where Peyton, Sean Peyton, Lord. Oh, I love him when they keep it real. Oh, because I hate when I know cats and I talk to them. You know, Sean was working at Fox and I just known him over the years. And you see him, and it's a whole different combo than when we put on the suits and we go, hello, and welcome to today's NFL on Fox. You know, like, shut up, man. I don't want to hear that. Tell me what you told me. Tell them what you told me. Go ahead. No. Well, he just did. <laughs> he called the work of Nathaniel Hackett and his staff, what they did in 2022 with the Broncos, one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. Now, that could have been the whole article, and I would have been like, that was the best article ever. But he went deeper, and he said there were 20 dirty hands around quarter, quarterback Russell Wilson's career worst season. That includes just 16 touchdown passes and a league-high 55 sacks. You too damn old to get that many sacks. Goodness. Ultimately, Peyton summed it up with everything I heard about last season. We're doing the opposite, 180 for real. So Peyton also took Hackett. And, and his new employer up to task where he said, you know, let's talk about Hackett as an offense coordinator now. It doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed. And that happened here. Part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much bleeping time trying to win the offseason. The PR, the pomp and circumstance, marching people around and all this stuff. Ooh, we're not doing any of that. The Jets did that this year. You watch Hard Knocks. All of it. I can see it coming. Remember when uh, Dan Snyder put that dream team together? I was at the Giants. I was a young coach. I thought, how are we going to compete with them? Dion is there now. That team won eight games or whatever. <laughs> so listen, just put the work in. Amen. All this like dream team, talent team, hard knocks team, Aaron Rodgers, 35 million, bring in new players team. Bruh, 
It don't matter. Like, this is such an inside football, outside football convo. And I'm not trying to exclude people, but I just get a little, like, agitated. Well, I'm like, dog, do you really know what it takes? And then even if you know what it takes, doesn't mean it's going to work. Like, like they always say, you got to give 100% to give yourself a chance. But even if you go 100%, I'm not guaranteeing you, you're going to do it. So you got to remember that. Everything you do, dog, it ain't no guarantees, even if you do it right. So stop with all this other stuff, the PR of it. It ain't that. Just put the work in. So they play each other week five. That's going to be interesting, right? You're going to see it October 8th. And Robert Sala, he had to respond, but this is his response. I'm not going to acknowledge Sean. He's been in the league for a while. He can say whatever the hell he wants. As far as what we have going on here, I kind of live by the saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. Oh, okay, coach. Okay, coach. So hate away. Hate away. Obviously, we're doing something right if you got to talk about us when we don't play you until week five. Okay. I love his clapback, but I don't. I hate when somebody says, oh, since you thinking of me and talking about me, that means I'm winning over you. What? You know how much stupid stuff I think about? You know how much dumb stuff I talk about? (laughs) You know how much stuff preoccupies my brain and my life that I am not that concerned with, but I will address? Like, you know what? Like somebody run in front of you and start talking trash, and then you respond to them. I all of a sudden look stupid and bad because from a distance, no one could tell who's the fool. (laughs) Like... Well, get closer then. I'll tell you who the fool this fool ran up on me. And people do that all the time. They do it to Kevin Durant. They do it. He tried to flip it right now. Oh, he's thinking about us. Hmm. We must be on to something. No, he's talking about what y'all doing is the same thing that failed other places. And y'all might be the next one if you really want to go there, Robert Sala. But I ain't going to speak for Sean Payton. So other than that, he just talked about, look, look, Russell got a lot of gas left in the tank. Um, the, the people working with him weren't that good. He said, man, we ran that kid through the car wash a hundred times now, but that's the storyline though. How is this going to look? How's this going to work? You know what? We're fixing to find out as Bill Parcells would say. I love that. Oh man, there's so much dirt around that. There's 20 dirty hands for what was allowed. Tolerating the freaking training rooms, the meeting rooms, the offense. I don't know, Hackett. A lot of people had dirt on their hands. It wasn't just Russell. He doesn't, he didn't just flip. He still has it. This BS that he hit a wall. Shoot. You know, he mad. He said, shoot. They couldn't get a play in. Damn. This is amazing right here. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. Woo. Smoking gun, man. I got one more from Peyton because every day you get a coach talking this real. He said that wasn't his fault. Russell Wilson. He's talking about. That was his, that was the parents who allowed it. That's not an incrimination on him, but an incrimination on the head coach, the GM, the president, and everybody else who watched it all happen. Damn right. Now a quarterback having an office and a place to watch film is normal, but all those things get magnified when you're losing. And that other stuff, I've never heard of it. We're not doing that. Man, then they, <laughs> they asked Peyton at the end, they're like, dog. You really lit him up. Do you want to clarify anything? You want to take anything back, amend anything? Guess what he said? Nope. Just sticking up for my players. I believe that they deserve better. My type of coach. My type. You want to get the most out of me? Be the realest to me. Tell me when I suck. Tell me when I'm good. Tell me when it's your fault. Tell me when it's mine. I remember I had coaches. No lie. In the game, they say, all right, let's let's run our ET stunt. Run our ET stunt. In tackle stunt. Pinch in. Pinch in. 
And literally when I'm pitching in this way, they running the ball right where I was. So it's a huge game. Everybody looking at me, you know, the fans and me, my players, all of us probably like, dog, that was where you were, Wiley. What you doing? Why you give up contain? I'm like, dog, the call was pinching in. And they ran, Edron James ran around and he scored. Okay. So then, you know, they show it on highlights all night. Edron James around the corner of Marcellus Wiley chasing up. <laughs> then I get to meetings Monday. Guess what my coach says? With the red dot on me, he like, yeah, right here. Good pitch, Wiley. I'm sorry. Bad call. Bad, bad call, guys. Not at this time. We shouldn't have done that. And then he just keep moving on. I'm like, wait a minute, bro. <laughs> Whole world is on my head. Whole world is on my head. And you hit near me with the red dot for three seconds. My bad. My bad. I wish I could have said my bad to the world and they would have understood. That happens a lot in the league. So my type of coach who just raises his hand and says it, and says it like it is, right? Forget all that fraternity talk or like, oh, that's my uh, fellow other head coach. Let me show respect. Oh, fellow court. Man, look, he suck. He good. Let's talk through it. I love that about him. Now, here's the thing. Why is Sean Payton in that place where he don't give a damn? He don't give a funk. You want to know why? Because Sean Payton, like, what y'all going to do to me? Already a champion. Just got another deal. And if y'all don't like what I'm doing here, y'all want to fire me, guess what? Hey, Fox, still got that five million in my suit in that air-conditioned studio waiting on me? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> champagne going to be a whole lot to deal with this year, especially if they turn things around and start winning over there like expected. Man, he going to get his Denzel in training day on. Like, <laughs> Jets ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> Solid Hackett, man, I'm telling y'all, I am waiting for this. I wasn't that interested in Denver other than seeing Russell, how he will respond this year. But now, with Sean Payton speaking like this, you got me. That storyline just got greater. Can't wait till they come to L.A. and lose to my Chargers. So, y'all agree with Payton's comments on the Broncos situation last season? You think it was a bad idea for Payton to make those comments publicly? Mm. Did he violate the code? And you think the Broncos and Russell Wilson will improve this season under Peyton? Yeah, every game except two against my charges. <laughs> will the Broncos be a playoff team? Let's talk through that. I love it, man. On this Friday, so I got love. Friday swag away. Here you go. Somebody going to win this in a few minutes. I'm about to announce who you are. Who you are. Shaggy Star. And somebody's going to get this. Not announcing this yet, but maybe this weekend, next week for sure, we're going to have our 100K giveaway. All you got to do is have the exact day and time. We go over 100K. I know y'all adjusting it like I did. I said it was going to be Monday at 227. It is going to be Monday at 227. Two weeks later, but it's going to be this Monday at 227. Or you got these cards right here and those cards right here. All right, let's funk up some comments. Let's funk up some comments. Yeah, let's get into this right now. Let's talk about a member, Frank A., my dog. The less Deshaun talks about that situation, the better. Let's be real. Anything he says on that subject will be unsatisfactory. So keep it strictly football and respectfully decline to talk about anything else. No lie. When I read what you said, that was the first time in my life I ever said, you know what? If someone asks me a question, maybe I will have to just plead the fifth. Like, I ain't saying nothing on that. Like, I, you know why? Because there's nowhere he can step. They always say avoid the landmines. I'm like, hey, coach, they're all landmines. <laughs> like, nothing out there is nothing but bait. 
So I give you that. Um, there's been a couple times in my life where I've been like, maybe you shouldn't answer the question because I answer every question. Don't give a damn. Like, I am flawed. Don't y'all know that? I know y'all flawed too. So when you don't answer every question, I'm like, damn, you must be really messed up because you can't even answer the easy ones. But I give you this. He may try to avoid those. 100% the truth. Again, in 2023, we have grown men failing to take accountability. No excuses will be tolerated. You are weird. (laughs) You saw 66 different massage therapists over a 17-month period. There is no logical explanation unless you are a deviant. Um, Look, I'm not going to retry that whole situation because he was never tried in criminal court. It was all civil court cases. For me, when somebody goes straight to civil court, I'm always like suspicious. I'm like, money grab. Oh, what'd you say? Hey, girl. I'm like, all right, I am. Now, that doesn't mean the person's not guilty. I'm just like, you're going to have to prove this, even though there is a different level of burden of proof. That said, I, in my head, the former football player, the guy who gets the massage all the time, was like, how many? 66? Huh. And I don't think any of them were dudes. And all girls, most pretty, if not all pretty, and you had a girlfriend. Like, all that matters. Y'all may not think, and I don't want to really delegate on it again. But the point is, when I heard that number 66, I was like, oh, he up to something. It's some kind of thing he doing. I don't know what, but I think I know. I think I know. 66? I couldn't find, I have not, I'm 48. I have not had 66 massage therapists, including the ones the team has given us, the ones I've hired, the ones I've gotten at resorts and hotels. I have not seen 66 different people rubbing lotion on me. No, I haven't. Girlfriends included. No, I haven't. It's crazy, man. He did a whole lot. Man, Deshaun, goodness. All right, let's get into this one. Bamani Jones out at ESPN. Bamani will be a good pairing with Skip on Undisputed. He's smart enough, opinionated enough to logically and verbally joust with Skip. No way did you say that. Yo, I ain't lying. Soon you say, ah, ah. We got another one. We got Max. We got, who else we had? Michael Irvin, Keyshawn. We got, I... We got this one right here. Ooh, that's dope. I would love to see Bamani Jones doing it. I could see Bamani because he got that, like, he could play off you well. Like, no, 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 I heard you say that right there. He used to do it with Dan. He used to do it with Pedro, wasn't it? Um, he went to Harvard, so I don't know his name. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I like that a lot. Bamani out, I'm gone. He was the last person at ESPN that was connected to the good days. Okay, look, fans. This is not how you show loyalty to anybody or you're mad at somebody. Stop with this whole, oh, I don't like that you left. I'm never watching them again. Oh, I'm mad that you interviewed them or said something good about them. I'm never talking or watching your show again. Stop. It does, one, you sound childish. I, no one is up here trying to say ban ESPN, bro. Watch what you want to watch. But if Bamani's gone, weren't you watching one other thing on there? And if you were, keep watching it. Like, dog, miss me with that. I hate when cats come up to me. Man, I ain't messing with them no more. Why? Because what they said to you, what they said about you. I was like, that's just me, though. Don't you know other people? <laughs> like, you ain't got to show me that fake love like that, dog. I'm telling you, love is deeper than that. Love ESPN for whatever you still like and still love Bamani for wherever he goes and love me where I'm at. That's it. You big enough to do all three. Stop with that stuff. People be sounding like kids when they say that. All right, here we go. 
I didn't even know Bomani was still there. <laughs> well, I shouldn't have said all what I just said because you didn't even know he was there. This next guy. All right, let's get into this member comment. Member comment. Mark McFarland says, my dog, my thoughts is the steroid conspiracy that surrounded LBJ and Dwayne Wade has something to do with this. Oh, my God. They say steroid usage can affect your offspring. And look at D-Wade's son, daughter, and now Bronny. Also, a lot of old school wrestlers, children, have genetic health issues, too. Just my two cents on the subject. Look, it's a dangerous line between conspiracy and then, like, reality. It's dangerous. I don't like to go too deep into it without either a life lesson at the end of that tunnel or some facts to lead me to that place at the end of the tunnel. Um, I will say this. None of them ever got caught for that steroid stuff, right? Am I right? I think so. So I'm not going there. I will go here. Whether it was Hank Gathers back in the days, you know, or um, Reggie, Reggie Lewis back in the days, myself had a little heart issue, etc. A lot of guys, I know people track all sports, passed out. You know what I mean? Um, Minnesota Vikings, big tight end, um, tackle, too big probably, but still passed out. Corey, I think Corey Stringer, some point being like, dog, let's not act like the vaccination was the first day athletes start passing out. Like y'all like really dog blacking out. First of all, it's just like concussions. Like when I played, we didn't get concussions. We got our bell rung. Then when I retired, they were like, oh, because of the lawsuit and all that concussions. I was like, oh, okay. Before that, I used to black out. Like don't get it twisted playing football. Oh, I'll be like this. I don't know where I'm at. So the point is, people have passed out, too, before playing football. I had one teammate passed out, Eddie Richardson, big old dude, just, huh? Jamie Nails in the NFL, 2002. We playing them in practice. Um, one of those practice scrimmages, passed out. Let's not put it all on the vaccination, man. Matter of fact, let's not put none of it on it to me. I don't see it. I've seen guys pass out way before COVID. Here's another one. How would Whitlock even pretend to know what someone in tip-top shape would or wouldn't do to their body. That was a joke. Y'all stop. That ain't right. That ain't even that funny. First of all, it ain't that funny. But two, too obvious. You know, you can't do that, man. You can't write that. You got to say that and say it fast. Um, but also, um, Bill Belichick know what he's talking about in football, right? And Bill Belichick does not look like a football player. He did play football. Wesleyan. He did play center. He Like, the point is... You ain't got to always look the part to be the part. That's my point. So leave my boy Whitlock alone. And y'all get mad that he my boy. Sorry, I'm big enough to have friends that you don't like too. <laughs> y'all so silly out here. Let's get to a Friday swag away, man. Oh, y'all better not mess with me today. Our Friday swag away winner is... Gringo Star. I might get sued for just having the beats of what Michael Buffer says. Gringo Star, this you boy. This you boy. You know what it is, boy. You get this book right here. Never shut up. Yeah, baby. That's for you right there. But I got to get out of here. And I'm going to get out of here on some bad news. And y'all going to be like, damn, this dude got bad news. All these jokes and all this stuff. I am really from it. I've really been through it, and I think that you should never wear what you've been through, especially when it's bad. You should just always present the most positive of yourself, right? So that's how I'm built. I don't care what I go through, I ain't bringing it home. I don't care what I go through, I'm going to find the lemonade out of it, right? Not the lemon. So 
Um, got some really bad news last night that my mother-in-law, so my wife's mother, passed away of cancer. So you guys know if you've been watching the show enough, I've been talking here and there about it, not feeling her best, blah, blah, blah. Um, same way my mother passed away some 20 years ago almost. So, you know, the house is, is a little dark right now. Um, haven't told the itty bitties just yet because um, you got you to gotta pace that out. That's one of those things you got to pace out um, because you got to have answers and you got to also give some action to those answers, right? So they live in Canada. We don't. So it's a lot going on right here. So not to bring it dark. That's why I didn't say this in the beginning because I wanted y'all to enjoy the show. Now, I'm able to compartmentalize, right? I have this ability. We all do, but I really tap into mine where I won't let death get in the way of me living. I won't because I got so much stronger from losing my mother and whoever wants to lose anybody, right? Let alone their mother. But I woke up that next day and the world was still spinning. And I came to the realization that I got, I got to keep going. But now I get to live through my mom, who is now everywhere, omnipresent, right? So the same thing with my wife's mom, my mother-in-law, same thing. So we got more angels in the sky is the way I see it. And that leads me to this Wileyism. You know, today's Wileyism is living is optional. Death is not. Yeah, I picked it on purpose for today. Y'all got to live, man. I mean, there are a thousand trillion reasons to feel down, to feel less than, to not really go out there and, and do it and get it. And please don't hide behind the fact that you don't have the resources you do. A walk in the neighborhood to the park is free. A walk on the beach. And who hasn't walked on the beach before and felt like they live in, they're living on a different level? Different vibrant, right, right? Different vibration, different energy system. You tap into seeing those waves constantly crashing, just like life. You got to keep living no matter what happens. No matter what has happened in the ocean, tragically, beautifully, that sucker still keep coming. It doesn't care, right? So you got to care. You got to care about living, man. So I'm going to keep it simple for you guys. Just think, no matter who you are, where you are, and what you got going on, Make lemonade of it and make sure you guys are out there living because living is optional. Death is not. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today, want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley, Paul Anderson, and Nick Pinella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wiley's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.